So we've been discussing the scenarios, situations uh, which are appropriate, in which it is appropriate to interrupt Krishma, whether it means interrupting it in the middle of a pasuk or in the middle of interrupting. Actually, interrupting in the middle of a pasuk is something that wasn't directly addressed. I would say that there's no question. Um, it doesn't seem to be more distinguishes between interrupting in the middle of a pasuk and interrupting at the end of a pasuk that's not yet between a chapter uh, of Kriyashma. That's an interesting thing. Uh, the Gemara doesn't seem to distinguish, and certainly, and the issues, you know, the way Rashi understands Shoyal or Meshiv and Fnehayira, that we're talking about uh, people who are dangerous, it seems clear. that uh, you should be able to respond to somebody who's actually dangerous at any time in any way. So I would assume that that, that the Emsa covers both interrupting in the middle of the Pasuk and interrupting in between Pasuk. So we're discussing the issues of interrupting in Kriyashma, whether it's during the Parsha or in between the Parshas. So the opinion that we had quoted from Rameyer was that if somebody is uh, in the middle of reading Kriyashma, someone's in the middle of reading Kriyashma, so if it's still Be'emtza, they're only allowed to be Shail and Meshiv Mithneha Yiru. They can only greet and return greetings to people who they have genuine fear for their lives from. But if they uh, are between the Prakim, between the sections of Kriyashma, so they can ask they can greet and reply to greetings even from people who they simply are obligated to honor. So, the Gemara asks, hold on one second. Says the Gemara, Meshiv Machmas Mai. Gemara is referring to the end of that phrase. Now, it doesn't tell us under what circumstances, because of what are you allowed to reply. If it's if what you're allowed to reply to is somebody whose honor you're obligated in greeting you, I need a mission to tell me that. If I'm allowed to initiate the greeting, then I can certainly return it. Ella, rather. You can initiate greetings to someone who you're obligated to honor. But you're allowed to reply to anyone's greeting. Even someone who you're not obligated to honor. Ema Seifa, compare the end of the, the, not the end of the Mishnah, but the end of that section of the Mishnah. Ube Emtza, in the middle of the parsha. Shoyel Mipnei Umeshiv, you may uh, initiate a greeting to somebody who you fear. And you can reply to the greeting of someone who you fear. The Gemara says, hold on. Meshiv Machmasmai, why are you replying? I'm I should have really just said, and you can reply to someone. Why are you replying? They don't like my chat. If you're allowed to reply because of Yira, if you're allowed to initiate a greeting because of Yira, because of fear, you should certainly be allowed to reply to a greeting because of fear. There's no question about that. So rather, you want to tell me that no, I'm allowed to be. Uh, if we're going to stagger everything, if we're going to say that earlier when we said you were being because it's 
uh, excuse me, you're being shayel mithnei kavod and meishiv what? Meishiv shalim uchal adam, even to somebody whose honor you are not obligated and you're allowed to reply. At the same time, now going up a notch, in a scenario where you find yourself be'emtza hapera, you can be shayel mipnei ha'yira, you can initiate a greeting to someone who whose existence put your life at, put your life at risk, and you can be meishiv too. We said it can't be the same thing because that's not a chiddush. So we have to take it a notch down. You can be meishiv if they are covered. You can return the greeting of someone whose honor you're obligated in. That's exactly the opinion of Rabbi Huda. We don't generally find Rabbi and Rabbi Huda arguing over nothing at all. That's a waste of a mishnah. I know the Rabbi Huda is the one. The Tanan Rabbi Huda Emer be'emza. If you find yourself in the middle, shalom thayayira, you initiate greetings because of fear, umeishim thayayakavit, and you can return greetings to people you're supposed to honor. Ubi if you are in between the prakim, shalom thayayakavit, you initiate greetings to uh, anyone you have to honor, umeishim shalom thayayakavit, and you reply to any person, even someone you're not obligated to honor. Umar says, chesuri mech sarachi katani, we're missing a little bit of the text of the Mishnah. Here's how it's supposed to go. In between the prakim of Kriyashma, you're allowed to initiate a greeting to anyone you are obligated to honor. And it goes without saying that you're allowed to return the greeting of anyone you are, uh, are you, anyone you are obligated to honor. You're not returning the greeting of anyone, of just a regular Joe. You can only return the greeting of somebody who you are obligated to honor. That's why the Mishnah acknowledges in its language, It doesn't have to be said. It doesn't have to be said. And it's very interesting, and it's worth noting, because you have encountered this many times in your studies, but I, I think that not, al- not always do these things get explained. So I'd like to point out that when we say, oh, that would be obvious. You know how we'll resolve it? We'll insert the words, Well, you've still said it. Right? The problem is, 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 it's not so much that we don't, we can't stand Mishnah is telling us things we know already. It's not that we're impatient. It's that we are paranoid. When we see a Mishnah trying to tell us something, we assume that there's a new Chiddush. So if we receive a Mishnah text that doesn't say Ve'ein Sarachloimar, like if we receive a Mishnah text rather like the one in front of us, we have to keep searching for a Chiddush. So the Gemara is saying, no, the Mishnah includes an escape clause, an emergency exit in its language by saying this here that we're telling you right now is not a chiddush. You don't have to pile anything, pile it on trying to uh, figure out what chiddush we're trying to tell you because ve'ein sarachlaim. And the only reason we're mentioning this is as a kind of a logical framework for the point that we did need to tell you. So that's the uh, meaning of ve'ein sarachlaim, which can be confusing because we ended up saying it. Usually when people say it goes without saying something or other, they actually don't really mean it goes without saying but the Mishnah does. Now, so that's the uh, that's the status of uh, that's that's the scenario when you're when you are uh, be, when you are between the parak in between the chapter of Prishma. Ube emtza, if you find yourself in the middle of a chapter of Prishma and you need to interrupt Shalom Nehayira, you're allowed to initiate greetings to people you fear. And it goes without saying that you may reply. That's the very mayor. You initiate greetings to people you fear, you return greetings to people you need to honor. 
if you find yourself in between the prakim, you can initiate greetings to those you wish to honor and return greetings to anyone at all. Tanya Namihachi. We find the bright that says as much. Here's how it goes. Akariya Shema, Upagaboy Rabboy Oigadol Himenu. A fellow is reading Shema and he runs into his Rav. Or hopefully he's sitting in place, as we learned yesterday. He shouldn't be dashing around. But he, um, he, his Rav comes by. His Rav comes by. Or anyone greater than him. I would note that in the language of the Mishnah, I shouldn't say the language of the Mishnah as if it's a monolith, but in rabbinic terminology, Frequently, the word gadol means someone who is wealthy or influential. It doesn't mean someone who is, you know, it doesn't mean Rav Yashiv comes. That, that, that goes without saying. I think also Rav Yashiv would probably be a little annoyed if you interrupted Krishna to greet him. But, uh, but uh, it means someone who's, who in terms of the food chain, you are obligated to greet. So... If you find yourself Biprakim, if you find yourself in between the uh, the chapters of Krishna, so you initiate the greeting and of course you return his greeting if he makes it. If you're in middle, depending on whether or not this person is likely to kill you, you can uh, open up the conversation. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, If you find yourself in the middle, you can initiate because of fear and reply because of honor. If you find yourself in between, you have the right to initiate greetings to your Rav or the Gadol Himanu because you have to honor him. And you can reply to just about anyone. Actually, to just anyone. So we this, we mentioned, I think, back in Nida, that there are Tanoim, and then there are, in the case of Rabbi might have been somebody who actually uh, learned with the Tanoim, or he maybe actually was a Tana. He gets his name mentioned, which is uh, not for nothing. But pe- you had people, even in the Amoraic, even in the Talmudic period, who were Tanoim, and by Tanoim, it doesn't mean that they they were they were living in Mishnai's world and everyone else was living in Gemara world. It just means that their profession was to recite Mishnayis. They were great experts in the details of Mishnayis and Brises. So, uh, Achi had this job at Rubchia's, uh, at Rubchia's office. And it's very interesting because it's worth noting Rubchia being an expert in Brises, being the Tana at Rubchia's would imply that you were a very, very accomplished reciter. So, Achi says, ask Rubchia, Bahalo, terrific question. Bahalo b'megillah, mahu sheyafsik. Are you allowed to interrupt while reciting Hallel or Megillah? It says the Gemara, Amrinon kal v'choymer. Do we say? We ask. Do we say a kal v'choymer? I see that the Bach inserts the word me. Me Amrinon kal v'choymer. Kriyashma da'iraisa poisek. If I'm allowed to interrupt, let's say, Bain HaPrakim of Kriyashma, and Bishayim of Neyakavim of Meshav Shalom L'Chal Adam, or you could say if it's uh, even Be'emta, and just bring everything up a notch, Shayim of Neyakavim of Neyakavim, if I'm allowed to do that, Hal Dirabonim Iboy, do you have a Shayla about Hal, which is only a Dirabonim? Aydilma Pirsume Nisa Adif, 
maybe even though even though we're talking about a Darabana versus Darais. But the theme of Hala Megillah is Persumenisa, the publicization of Nais. And it could be that there's something inherent in a reading which is attached to the publicization of a Nais that it requires an uninterrupted, uh, that it requires uninterrupted reading. And not that it's more, not that Darais's, and there, not that Darabanans are going to be more chamur than their than the, not than their rises, but rather that the connection between this Daraisa and this Darabanan is non-linear. So Amale he says to him, Paisei, you're allowed to interrupt and there's nothing to worry about. Amarabba. Rabba says in this vein, Yomim Shehayachid Goimer Bahen Says Rabbi like this. On days that a Yachid is going Rebuhanes Ahal, that means days when everyone is required to say Hal, because uh, only on we, we today everyone says Hal all the time, but technically on those days in which people say Chati Halal, so uh, it's not entirely clear that a Yachid, that somebody davening alone, has a Chiyav to recite Hal. But on the days when we recite full Halal, uh, listed in Erech and there are 21 days you are absolutely obligated to, not all the days but some days, those days when a Yachid is supposed to recite Hal an individual is supposed to recite Hal and in his home as opposed to in Shul if he doesn't make it to Shul he's still supposed to recite the full Hal with the Bracha so on those days uh, since there is sort of a since there is an, an active Chiyuv going on, an active obligation for you to recite Hal so limitations are placed on your ability to interrupt. And here's how they work. Here's how they work. Seems like so Rabbis disagree. Rabbis says as follows. Between Parak and Parak, between each chapter you can be Paisic, you can interrupt. Interesting to note he doesn't tell you for what, under what circumstances. Presumably he means you can apply the framework of uh, of uh, of the Mishnah. Whether you hold like Rabbi Yehuda, whether you hold like Rabbi Meir. So therefore, you can be paisik bein parak leparak. But amtsa parak ain't a paisik. But in the middle of the parak ain't a paisik. You do not interrupt. Again, presumably, he must mean something like mifnei achavit. He must mean something like mifnei achavit. Merkas says the yira. He says you can't interrupt mifnei yira. Interrupt in the middle of a paragraph uh-huh. uh, for someone he fears. That's he, yes, that he's got know. that. You're right. yeah. That's a, that's yeah. not negotiable. I wonder because the Romans came up with something. That's very odd, frankly, because um, that's very odd because uh, which one is odd? What what? What Michael just quoted is odd. What does he say? Mm-hmm. Now, days on which one does not finish the halal, uh, 
one does not finish the hal, even if he's not uh, together with the tzibur in the in the base hamikdash offering karbanos, right? So, afilu be'emza, right? So in those days, he's at home and he's not part of uh, Klal Yisrael, so he doesn't have a right to recite the whole hal. Afilu be'emza haperek poisek, even in the middle of the perek, he may interrupt. More zaini, it's not the case for harav bar shavu ikul gabi deravina. It was one of those days when a yachid does not finish the halal. And he didn't interrupt for him. So the Gemara said, Shani Rabbi Shiva, the loy chashvaleder of Vina. Rabbi Shiva, apparently, again, you know, we, we, we have a very, uh, our concept of who should honor who is very mitushtash. You know, he, there's a hierarchy, and in it, Ravina was above Rav Bar Shva. It doesn't mean he was nasty to him, but he just wasn't obligated in his honor. What I am puzzled by, it's not that puzzling, but it's not entirely clear how, the, the, how this plays into the dynamic of Rav Yehuda, because what are we classifying a... Day of Halal She'ein Hayachid Gerimba'em, basically a Chatzi holiday. What are we classifying? What are we classifying that as? Is that if you have the dispensation of being Shail, I suppose the answer has to be that um, that Rabbi Shiva did not greet Ravina. Rabbi Shiva did not greet Ravina. The question was, was Ravina going to interrupt in order to greet Rabbi Shiva? So. We're assuming that basically, even be'emtza, what the Gemara is saying is that even in the middle of a parak of halal, on a day she'ein hayachid goyim b'hem, it's a halal, on such a day, you can have the lowest tier of interruptions, which doesn't mean you can freely interrupt. It just means you're she'elon fnei ha'kavay, you make sure she'elon mechol adam. Right? You have the, the right to initiate greetings to people you have to honor, and you have the right to answer anybody. But Rabbi Shiva, it would seem, did not greet Ravina. He just walked into the room and waited. And Ravina thought to himself, I don't have to. He's not higher than me. He's not somebody who I have to honor. He's not my Rebbe. So therefore, he did not initiate a greeting. He rather finished Hal first before saying hello. Which is... But the footnote in here indicates that the the issue, according to Rashba, the issue here is whether Ravina should interrupt in the middle of a paragraph. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well... Okay, but then he could have stopped short of completing the entire halal. Oh, he could have gone until the... Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe the... maybe he waited until the next parak. It's possible. Yeah, 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 good point. Yeah, entirely possible. Right. Could be he waited until the next time it was relevant, it was able, he was able to uh, to interrupt. Yeah. Okay. Boy mine Asion, tonne de beiruv ami, meiruv ami. Asion, who was the Tana, who worked at Rav Ami's office, Asked is mahu Does he have the right? Somebody who's uh, who's sitting in a in a fast. Does he is he allowed to taste the food? Let's say he happens to be a chef, or she happens to be cooking for her family. Do they, does someone who's fasting have the right to taste the food to see if it tastes good to see if it needs more salt? Rashi doesn't say anything about this, but Taisus takes great care. He wants you to be aware that uh, we're talking about tasting and spitting out. Someone who's tasting for flavor. Someone who's tasting for flavor. I don't see that anyone, I didn't see that anyone disagrees. So, 
So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, and this we're quoting because it has a similar structure to the previous Gemara. The Gemara says, Maushiyate. Is it that he accepted a ban on eating and drinking on himself? And this is not eating and drinking, because you can spit it out. Right. Maybe what he accepted upon himself was was pleasure. And ultimately he is getting some pleasure out of the food. So he has the right to taste and it's okay. There's nothing to worry about. We hold that uh, a mat emes, someone who tastes, does not require a brach. Vehasharui betanis, and somebody, uh, and somebody who is sitting in a tanis toyem ve'ein bekachlom, even though he's fasting, he has the right to taste. Ad kama, how much can he taste? Rav Ami Rav Asi, Rav Asi say tami ad shir. It sounds like they themselves would tami ad shir viyasa would taste up to Revia. So this line is very difficult for Taisus. Whereas Taisus says, like you quoted earlier, that, uh, you, that you're tasting and spitting out. So what's this business of giving a shear to how much you can taste, how much you can spit out? Presumably, if you're Taisus, you're going to answer that past that shear, past the shear of Revius, it's a pretty risky proposition to say, I'm just tasting and not swallowing anything. But I see on this nice old-fashioned Gemara, which has all these uh, bells and whistles on the side, from the pre Vahadr days, they quote that the Rambam, the Tor, the Goin, all say that uh, when it comes to bracha, a person can swallow even a minimal amount, a very small amount, for the purpose of tasting, as if he's doing it for the purpose of tasting. And they quote the Pardes Larashi, which is a one of the Sfarim which emerges. We don't know Rashi, if Rashi himself had a hand necessarily in the authorship of any given clause in these of these farm, but they're they're laden with the teachings of Rashi. Um, so they say, bring from Sefer Pardes that on a tinus as well, one may swallow a small amount for the purpose of tasting the food. That's very interesting. Okay. Very well. Amar Rav. If somebody greets his friend before davening, it's ki'ilu asoi bama. It's as if he made him an altar. A right? We we don't make bamas today. Remember, let's not forget we only offer karbanas on the mizbeach and the base hamikdash. So, having a bama, having a private personal uh, mizbeach in your backyard is frowned upon. It's frowned upon. We do not do that. Obama. <laughs> Yeah, so you're not allowed to do that. And it is important to note that it is permissible to say Tzafra de Mori Tav. You can say, if you speak Aramaic, you can say that. And if you speak English, you can say good morning. But you're not supposed to use Shalom. You cannot greet someone Shalom because that invokes the name of Hashem. Shalom is one of the names of Hashem. And therefore, yes. Uh, it is not the sort of name which one is not permitted to pronounce because it has a different meaning as well. But uh, so you're not supposed to greet somebody with shalom in the morning. You greet them with bokatov, but you should not greet him with shalom. Okay. So the Gemara adds some caveats. Oh, this is based on a pasuk. Excuse me, Shenemar, Chadlu Adam Asher Nisham Bi'apoi Ki Ba'mo Nech Shavhu. 
Pasuk in Yeshaya says, stop uh, honoring, you know, uh, kowtowing to human beings who have a, a soul in their, in their, literally a soul in their nose, who are just creations. Don't, uh, you know, don't give your adulation to them. What is he worth? Why is he special? It's a clever rereading of the Pasuk. You've made him like a bama, like a private altar, which you're not supposed to make. Shmuel Omar, Shmuel says, forget this bama business, you can get the same point without bending the diktuk out of shape. Why are you giving honor to this fellow and not to God first thing in the morning? Very well. Rav Sheshis says, a very clever kash. Rav says, hold on. Hold on. We know the halach is that Piprakim, in between the Pirakim of Kriyashma, you may be shayel mipnei hakavid umeshev. You can greet somebody. You can say hello, good morning. You can say good morning. So it would seem that you have the right to greet somebody, even though you have not yet davened. You're saying Kriyashma, you're going to daven soon. And nonetheless, you are going to be greeting him. You can say shayel, you can say hello, how are you? So the Gemara says, presumably in such a fashion that includes the Shem Hashem. I guess that's the fashion. The Gemara says, <coughs> uh, says like this. The Gemara says, Take Gemara of Abba, the Mashkim Lepishkai. Well, the halacha really is limited to a scenario of Mashkim Lepishkai. Now, when you're passing by someone in the street and you say uh, Shalom, that's okay. Issue is when you're mashkim lepischai, if you go and make a special pilgrimage to greet somebody in the morning before shacharis, that's incorrect. The thing you should do is to wait until after davening. Am Ravidi bar Avin. I'm gonna skip that big chunk of parentheses. Am Ravidi bar Avin. Omar Rav Yitzchak bar Asion. Ah, you see the Asion connection in the Gemara. Also, leiladam lasis chafatz of kaidim shiyispal. You should not be doing any stuff before you daven. Shenemar. Tzedek lefon of Yahalich by Yosem Lederech Pa'amah. Right, first Tzedek, then you get on the road. First righteousness, and then you get on the road. V'am revidi bar avon, am revidi bar asiyan, kol mispal v'ach kachiritzu lederech, hachadish baruch roizel lechafotzav. If you make the choice to first daven and then start traveling for your parnasa or whatever it is you're traveling for, hachadish baruch who is going to clear your path, he's going to do your work for you. Shenemar tzedek lefon of Yahalich. So we should always do our very best to daven before we start working. If you sleep, if you rest seven days and you don't have one dream, it's not a good sign. As it says, Literally, it means somebody who is uh, sated will, uh, will sleep without the visit of evil. But if you kind of chop it up in a homiletical fashion and you say, Al Tikri Savea Ella Sheva, right, don't read full but seven. So you say, Someone who sleeps seven days, Bal Yifkod. He's not visited, who doesn't send him any messages in the form of dreams. Ra, it's no good. I am sure that Jung would concur. Not to mention Freud, if he believes in God. So, it's not good to not dream. Responds. He has a more positive take. He says the meaning of that passage is somebody who sates himself. 
uh, and fills himself with the retire of Elan, and then he goes to sleep instead of being busy with nonsense at night. He learns Tyre in bed, maybe right before he goes to bed, it's hard to learn Tyre in bed, and then he goes to sleep. He doesn't get bad news, it's a very good thing. It's a very good thing to learn as you're going to sleep. Excuse me, Baal, Ra. He has a more positive take on what to do with that positive. So we listed in the mission of the various Bain Haprakin. And the last one was, we said, Rabbi Yehudi, even though he's making on the overall uh, principles of interrupting, he's machmir, he says, you can interrupt between Elkechem Emes and Viyatzev. Amr Vaham Rabbi Yechon, Halach Rabbi Yehudi, the Amr Bain Elkechem Emes Viyatzev, Layafzik, the Halach is in accordance with his opinion. Amr Vavam Rabbi Yechon, my time is Rabbi Yehudi, let's explain what we just said. What's the reasoning behind Rabbi Yehudi? The Chsev, I'll tell you. Vahashem Elohim Emes, a Pasuk in Yirmiya. Pasuk in Yirmiya says, so we want to preserve that formulation to some extent. So really, the pas- the parsha of Vayomer ends Ani Hashem But we want to insert the word Emes. If you want, notice we make a big deal out of this in the center. We want Emes to kind of be our connector. We want to we want to preserve the phrase. The, we want to, I should say echo the phrase Hashem Elikim Emes that the Navi Yirmiya says. So now the Gemara raises an interesting question. Are you meant to repeat the word emes? Right? Do you say Hashem Alekechem, emes, emes v'yatsev v'nachayim? Do you do that? So, Amr Ravah, Amr Vechon, Chayzev v'ayim emes, indeed, you are to repeat the word emes. Rabbah Amar, Rabbah says no. Eni Chayzev v'ayim emes. You use the same emes as a, uh, a post around which to revolve. So there was a fellow who came and sat down next to Rabba. He hears Rabba saying, MS, MS. <laughs> I thought you hold, you're not supposed to repeat the word MS. So, Omar Rabba, Rabba explained himself later. He says, It's a very unusual formulation, and I saw that the Rashash has one understanding. Well, uh, he explains Rashi is saying another one. Kol here apparently means um, the uh, the something like the the excitement. Um, Rashi says the rihata, like the the intensity of he was Rabba was so focused, he was so excited over saying over over talking about MS that he accidentally repeated himself. He wasn't violating his usual Allah principles. It's it just kind of slipped out. Um, the the Rashash himself suggests that maybe the the girsa should be edited to read um, bal which he says can mean thought. But it's the same idea. That Rabbah became excited, he became Mitragesh, and he and he accidentally blurted out MS again. Okay. All of this serves to give us a general sense that we do not pay enough attention to our davening. Um Rabbi Yasef Kamam Al What a nice um, Torah that I'm about to tell you, not the one I just we just said, but the one I'm about to tell you. Let me tell you a wonderful teaching. The Chiyasar of Shmuel bar Yehuda Omar, he said, when Shmuel bar Yehuda said, Amri Rava, they say in Eretz Yisrael, Arvis, Dabra el Bnei Yisrael, Ba'amarta Aleim, Ani Hashem Alekechem Emes. They say there's this little, there's a shortened version. We've been saying that. Uh, you need to say Kriyashma that we say the full third parsha of Kriyashma at night as well because of Zechir Sitzias Mitzrayim. So he tells them, he says, Good news, in Eretz Yisrael we can't but a great trick. 
Just say the words, Well, that's a nice trick, says the Gemara. This, this, seems, this seems a little messy. You're not supposed to start that parak at all. Really, says, says Rav Kahana, says Rav, you're not supposed to start the, uh, the parsha of Tzitzis. You're not supposed to start the, uh, the whole Vayoyim. If you do start it, then you've got to finish it. You have to say the whole thing. So what's this business of only saying part? Vichitema, perhaps you're going to tell me that Vomarto Aleya, that if you just say Dabro Bnei Yisrael Vomarto Aleyan Loi Havei Haschalo, that's so truncated that it doesn't constitute a starting of the parsha. Vomar Bshmuva Yitzchak, Vomar Rav, Bshmuva Yitzchak says in the name of Rav as follows Daber El Bnei Yisrael Loi Havei Haschalo Vomarto Aleyan Havei Haschalo, but if you get as far as Vayim Hashem Amoshe Daber El Bnei Yisrael Vomarto Aleyan then you're out of business. Then you're out of business. That's starting right. Amrab Papa, I should say, then you're in business. Amrab Papa, Kasavri bin Marava and Artisol, they hold Vamatalayim Namilahaviaschal. They disagree with that claim. They hold it's not a start. Ada Amrav Asulahem Tzitzis. Until you invoke Tzitzis. Once you invoke Tzitzis, then you got to keep going. Then you've, then you've gone too far. But as long as you don't get into Tzitzis, you can start skipping if you want. So Amrabayan. Abayah says, because we disagree with their. Shita, because we hold that we hold that it's called making a start if you get to Vamata Alayim already. And we want to start like that. So we kind of start. We start, you know, because they do they they start in Arach Yisrael, but we can't be making like them to skip because we hold it's already too much of a start to stop. So therefore, came in that Schalina and Migmar Nami Gamrinan, we finish the rest. And that's why we say Vayamar at night. You shouldn't start, and if you do start, you should finish. If you get to Ani Hashem Alekechem, you need to proceed and say Emes, right? Because you want to get that Pasuk in Yirmiya that we referenced earlier. You want to echo that formulation. But if you don't say that last Pasuk, there's no need to echo the formulation of Yirmiya because you don't have it anyway. So there's no need to go with the uh, with the whole MS Vyatsev thing. The Gemara says it's very, it's very strange, this whole discussion, because these are all formulations which we wouldn't know what to do. Our whole Nusach is constructed around saying Krishna the way we say it. We'd be in a pickle if we were uh, if we decided to edit the text of Kriyashma. So the Gemara says, "Hold on, We said before that you need to mention Yitzias Mitzrayim even at night. So how are you going to get out of that? Because in the last pasuk we referenced Yitzias Mitzrayim, we referenced the Exodus. But how are we going to reference the Exodus? Gemara says, "The Omar Hachi." He says this little blurb. Afterwards, a little nusach which I don't know if anyone has ever said. Besides, when the learning misach is brachas, we thank you, Hashem, who brought us out of Mitzrayim, ufti son of Beisavadim, redeemed us from the house of slavery. And you did us great miracles on the sea, and we sang to you. So if that sounds very familiar, it's because it is a little summary of all the brachos 
the uh, it is a little summary of I suppose the, the mention of Yitzias Mitzrayim and all the brachas related to it that we recite after Kriya Shema and Meir. Okay. It's like the Haggadah in one sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Don't try that this year. You can't do that. Am Rishuah ben Karcha. Rishuah ben Karcha, back in the Mishnah, has a little discussion of why he tries to justify the order, he successfully justifies, I should say, the order of the Parshish of Krishna. And he says you have kind of a, a structure of values. The first thing you want to do is to uh, discuss all mitzvahs and then all Torah, right? So that's why Shema comes before, excuse me, well, El Machu Shemaim and then all mitzvahs and then Vayoymer uh, ultimately comes last because it's only really relevant during the daytime. So, Tanya B'Shem Ben Yechai Oimer, B'din Hu Shiyaktim Shema Levohaya Im Shemai. B'Shem Ben Yechai has kind of a more um, assertive approach to it. It is only appropriate that Shema should come before Vahayim Shemai. Shezel Lilmoid Vizelu Lameid. Because Shema, right? Shema means Shema Vahafta. Let's keep that in mind. I wasn't sure if I was clear enough about that in the last couple of blocks. Shema means the, the combo of Shema and Vahafta. So that contains the command to learn yourself. Contains the command to teach your children. And we're gonna, we'll, we'll get into exactly how. belongs before This one is, I should say, that's a mistake. This contains the commandment to teach, and this is to do. So the Gemara says, Atu. Are you telling me that the first parish of Krishna only says you should learn and doesn't say anything about you teaching or doing? Right? In other words, the Pasuk says, you should teach your children. And, right? So, obviously, there's a reference to both teaching and to Tefillin and Mezuzah. The Gemara says, "Visu." Furthermore, v'hayim shemoya, the parsh of v'hayim shemoya, l'lamid hu de ispe, v'lasis lespe. Are you claiming that there's no, there's no demand l'lamid, but that there's no commandment l'lamid to teach? Excuse me. There's only a commandment to teach in v'hayim shemoya, and there's no commandment to do mitzvahs. V'aksev ukshartem uchsavtem. Does it not say ukshartem uchsavtem? It says quite clearly that you should put on tefillin and write mezuzah. Ella says the Gemara hachi ka'amar. Says the Gemara hachi ka'amar. Bidin hu shetikadim shema levahayim shemoya. It makes sense that shema should come before levahayim shemoya. Shezeh lilmoit ulilamid v'lasais. The first parak says all three things. To teach, to learn, to learn, to teach, and to do. Commands you to teach and to do. But Vayoimer only tells you what to do. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Why do you need all this all this cheshbon for? Bishuvan Karcha has also a good reason why the order is the way it is. Says the Gemara. It's all. It's an, in addition. The first reason is Rabbi Shulman Karach's reason. 
Nevo'ayit is, says Hashem ben Yechai, I can tell you a lot of other good reasons why things are the way they are. Okay, the Gemara says, Rav, Moshi Yodei, Rav would wash his hands, Vekara Kriyishma, he would read Kriyishma, Ve'anach Tefillin, Vitzalim. He would don his tefillin and he would dab. Right, he would say Shmanasu. How did he do such a thing? Somebody who's digging a crypt or an ossuary for a dead body. Bekever, uh, down in grave territory, potter. He's potter mikriyishma umin ha-tefillah, umin ha-tefillin, umikol ha-mitzvah zamur of Since he's doing a mitzvah, he's digging a grave, he doesn't have to do any mitzvahs at all. Higiyah zman kriyishma, but zman kriyishma comes. This is a very confusing statement. Oyle v'naitl yadu meniach tefillin v'kaya kriyishma. He goes up, he washes his hands, he puts on tefillin, he reads kriyishma, um, ispal, and he dies. So hagu v'gasha says, that's all messed, that's all mixed up. Reisha amar potter. Reisha Omar Pater. In the beginning, you said he's Pater. He doesn't have to say Krishma. And now you're saying all of a sudden that when Zman Krishma comes, he needs to uh, climb up the ladder and say Krishma. So the Gemara says, Halei Kasha, that's not a big deal. Seifa betray Bereisha Bechat. The end of, the, of this little quotation here is referring to, the, the end of this price is referring to when there are two grave diggers. So, so one of them can take over the digging, they can take turns. One of them can say Krishma, while the other continues to dig. It did occur to me that it would seem that there has to be two grave diggers, perhaps one of whom is much stronger than the other. Because in order to justify you, and in order to not run into Afshalasayateacherim problems, I think you would need to somehow ensure that the digging of the grave was not, the, the speed of the digging wasn't cut in half by your, uh, maybe it says, no, maybe the idea is we need to dig a grave today, the dead body needs to be buried today, and when there's only one of us digging, it'll take you know three more hours. When there are two of us digging, it'll take an hour and a half. But we'll regardless, get it done today. That's another potential explanation, I guess. Okay. Your ADS is if they can dig at the same time, they're both exempt. If they can dig at the same time, they're both exempt. Yeah. From uh, other mitzvahs. If they can dig at the same time. So it depends how many, how much space there is to dig. Oh, okay. So, in no. other words, the, the, the yeah, setup the of the thing. digging, the setup of the. Well, it's so a to dig together, they're both exempt. I, I hope Rabbi Steinzelt says the same thing. It's not negotiable. But, um, but, uh, but <laughs> you know. Uh, Why? You can't have an argument in the Gemara? Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Rabbi Steinzelt would be scandalized by such a statement or amused. Um, okay, yes, yeah, so that's, that's a good, that's a good ukimta. The case is that he can't. That, that, that the way, it, the setup of things has to be in such a fashion that mm. only one person can dig at a time. I guess the older guy is holding the lantern or something, I don't know. Mm. Okay, he has a buddy who he can call in to replace him. That's a good explanation. So, very well. Alright, so we call Malcolm Kasha Raf. Nonetheless, it is Kasha Raf. It is not going to work with Rav's conduct. Why? Because we see that Rav uh, went ahead and read Kriyashma and then put on Tefillin and David. On the other hand, in the description of what this gravedigger should do, the Gemara, the, the Brisa says, that he goes and should wash his hand, put on Tefillin, then read Kriyashma and David. It seems like Rav did it the other way around. So, says the Gemara, Rav Kribishuv and Karcha Svirlei. Rav holds the Kribishuv and Karcha. Da'omar, oil machushamayim, tchila v'acharkach oil mitzvahs. You need to accept. Oil Machus Shamayim first. 
you, you need to accept Omachoshemayim first and then Omitzvah. So Kriyashma contains Omachoshemayim, because you say Shema, and then you accept Omitzvah, so therefore you put on the Tvilin. Now it reflects what the Gemara says, hey, is it reflects Rabbi Shua ben Karcha's explanation, Rabbi Shua ben Karcha's system. Now the Gemara says, that's not true. That's not Rabbi Shua ben Karcha. Rabbi Shua ben Karcha lahaktim Kriya lakriya. Rabbi Shua ben Karcha only expressed his point in reference to the order of the Parshias. He never addressed whether or not a person should put on tefillin, should actually physically put on tefillin or put up mezuzahs before or after Kriyashma. Can it really be true that Rav holds the Rav? I was before Rav many times. Many times I was at Rav's shir. He would get up. He would wash his hands. He would make a bracha, and umastilan pirkin. He would. What, what, what bracha is he making? He's making bracha zater. Never forget bracha zater, Rabbi said. And umastilan pirkin, and he would teach us the shear, and then he would put on tefillin v'hadur kari kriyishma. The fact that he would give a shear first shows that he's not doing like a mishul ben karcha because he's giving a shear before kabbalas al machashemayim. Maybe you want to be clever and you want to say it wasn't zman kriyishma yet. What exactly is Ruchia Barashi trying to tell us? What's the big Kiddush? Obviously, the Kiddush he was trying to tell us is that you don't have to worry about acting uh, in accordance uh, with the Mishua ben Karcha in terms of practice. Says the Gemara, says the Gemara, I'll tell you what his Kiddush was. Well, that was the Asadase, that was the Eidos that he was giving us. Some people think, we saw, we saw them earlier. Some people hold, you don't have to make Berchus HaTayr to learn Mishnayis. And Rav was teaching Mishnayis. So that's what he was trying to teach. Kamash Malon, Da'afu Mishnah Nami Tzarech Levarech. Mikomokim Kasha. Kasha the Rav. Right? What's going to be? It's still going to be a Kasha. Answers the Gemara, Shalucha Hu De Ovis. The Shaliach, the fellow who was supposed to bring him his tefillin, woke up late. He messed up. So therefore, Rav wasn't able to put on tefillin at the time that he wanted to. But really, Rav uh, intended to do things like Rabbi ben Karcha, and um, and to uh, and to read Kriyashma with his tefillin on. Excuse me, not Rabbi ben Karcha. He meant to he meant to he meant to do things in accordance with the opinion of the Brisa about the grave diggers, and he was not trying to have Rabbi ben Karcha um, to have Rabbi ben Karcha's uh, order in practice as well as in reading. But he said he went there many.